It's time to bet it all. This is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. And here we are getting set for the final game of week two of the NFL preseason. Ryan and Trist out tonight. Nick Ashew, got Denton Day with me tonight. See if Ryan and Trist are back tomorrow. We're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, uh, we're on the Odyssey app nationwide on the BetQL network. Denton, I am, even if we're not going to see a lot of starters tonight, it's like there's something riding on this game, right? We got that 24-game win streak for the Ravens in the preseason. It all comes down to our commanders. New regime, fresh start. <laughs> this is how you change things, man. You win in the preseason and you end the streak for the Ravens. I feel good, even though it means nothing in the end. <laughs> it's like the Undertaker at WrestleMania with way less stakes. <laughs> Just way, way less stakes. By the way, uh, thanks to both Luke and uh, Scott who looked it up. Bryn Renner and Matt Schaub were the last Ravens quarterbacks to lose a preseason game all the way back in 2015. So it's been quite some time for the Ravens. Those are names we haven't heard in a long, long time, to say the least. So I just say they love it. 44-12. and 12. John Harbaugh, 44-12 and 12 as a head coach in the preseason. So uh, we'll see if Washington can change things for that tonight. Paul Charchian jumps on with us now. GuillotineLeagues.com, K-Fan. I mean, the fantasy guru, if there ever is one, right at the top of the chart when it comes to this. Uh, Charch, it's great to have you on, man. We're in. The, we're talking a little before the, you know, before the segment, and this is that time of year, right, where, like, we're getting the sample of football. It's not real NFL yet, but we're gearing up for drafts. People maybe have already had their drafts. Let's look at the two teams that are finishing up week two of the preseason tonight. We're not going to see, obviously, a lot of starters, especially for, you know, the Ravens, and we're going to have Lamar Jackson in the regular season. That's what everybody cares about. I'm very high on the Ravens, very specifically Lamar Jackson. What type of season do you expect from him? And, you know, where is sort of a, a, a good place for him to be drafted, given really the ability for him to throw the football to multiple weapons now? I mean, run it like this could now be Lamar Jackson maximized this season. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see the, how the run-pass balance changes. And by the way, hi, Nick. Hi, Dan. Good to talk to you again. Uh, how this run-pass balance is going to work out, because we know they're going to pass more. But are those passes going to come at the expense of the rushes we were getting from Lamar Jackson? Because from a fantasy standpoint only, those rushes are way more valuable than every pass is. So while we like the idea of a diversified offense that gives Lamar Jackson more total ways to score... We're here for the rushing, baby, because rushing <laughs> quarterbacks break open your scoring system, and that's what we want. So while I while I want the balanced offense, I don't want him to rush any less. But those rush those few rushes got to come out of somebody, and I worry a little bit it might be Lamar Jackson. And that's why I've got him at quarterback five. So I've got him behind Hurts, Mahomes, Allen Fields. Then I've got Lamar Jackson, kind of in a tier of his own, because you still want one of these elite rushing quarterbacks. But that part does worry me just a little bit. George, I've been asked the same question by everybody that knows that I'm in this line of work, right? They're getting ready for their fantasy drafts and they say, Denton, I got the number one overall pick in my league. Do I take Jefferson? Do I take Christian McCaffrey? If you got the number one pick, George, which direction should people be going? Who has ever regretted drafting Justin Jefferson? Ever. <laughs> Nobody. That's who. Meanwhile, Christian McCaffrey daggered owners in two of the last three seasons. Right? So, I mean, I just I just look at the safety. So, okay, let's just talk broadly here for a minute. Your most valuable picks are your first-round pick, your second-round pick, your third-round. These are the most valuable picks. Why are you going to put those most valuable picks into the position that has the most turmoil? And that's the running back position. 
There's more failures, more seasons ending early, more injuries at that position than any other. Really should be using those mid-round picks on running backs and go get the safe, proven players at the other positions, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, with those early picks as a general rule. And that's why I would take Justin Jefferson first overall. Hey, where do you rank some of the other wide receivers after Justin Jefferson? Like Cooper Cup is a name, obviously, that comes to mind for me. Somebody that was Offensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl MVP a couple years ago, hurt last year. The Rams season was basically just a wash. Uh, when you go head into this year, is it about being maybe a little more cautious, or should we go, oh, yeah, it's going to be Cooper Cup, the same guy again? Even as bad as things went last year, and they were going bad before Stafford and Cup got hurt. Remember, things were still pretty upside down for Los Angeles in that first half of the season. When Cooper Cup got hurt, he was the highest scoring fantasy wide receiver in the league. So I feel like this whole offense is really designed to work through Cooper Cup. The next best player on the offense outside of Matthew Stafford is, I don't know, like nobody. I mean, this whole offense goes through Cooper Cup. It's going to continue to go through him. And as long as he can play, they, you know Sean McVay will scheme the ball to Cooper Cup no matter what it takes. He's my wide receiver three. You mentioned Jefferson Chase. Cooper Cup right now going in the middle of the first round, and I don't have a problem with that for the reasons I just talked about. We're taking receivers in that first round, and I think I'd go back to the well in Cooper Cup. Uh, where does Tyreek Hill fall in your list? Is he right beneath him at four, or does he fall down because of the, the splitting of the, the reps with Jalen Waddell? Yeah, I've got him at number four. He's just it's turned into, for a guy who started his career as like a boomer bust player, where he'd have big games and he'd disappear, Tyreek Hill's turned into a very, very consistent performer since going to Miami, and I, I feel extremely safe with him. Yeah, Jalen Waddle's awesome. He's my number 11 wide receiver. Like him, too. We just we just need Tua to stay healthy. If so long as Tua stays healthy, and even if they got to go to Mike White, he can probably get a little something done. So, yeah, I've got Tyreek Hill at four, and then Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, expecting a big move from him. He clocks in at number five. Talking to Paul Charchi and BetMGM tonight. What about some of the younger receivers? I mean, we had this massive draft class of five receivers taken in the first round. And Chris Olave, I, I love him this season with Derek Carr and the Saints. But obviously, Garrett Wilson having Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football, is I, that, that's a massive upgrade considering what he had at quarterback last year. Well, out of those younger receivers, especially the ones that were you know part of that draft class, would you put Garrett Wilson at the top there? Yeah, for sure. And he's my wide receiver six this year. And if I were to project okay. to next year, and say, all right, who's the number one wide receiver next year? Knowing that Kirk Cousins may not be in Minnesota, it might be Garrett Wilson. You know, he could be he could be the highest drafted wide receiver at this time next season. Everything trending up for that guy. The fact that he was able to be a top ten fantasy wide receiver last year with Joe Flacco throwing one hoppers to him and Zach Wilson. Ah, Garrett Wilson, just such an outstanding talent, and there's so much to build on in that great season and. You know, you're talking about some of the younger receivers. My highest-ranked rookie receiver, Jordan Addison in Minnesota, walks right into the starting role. We've seen – we haven't seen a ton of him because he's been on and off hurt, and that does that does worry me just a little bit. But the flashes we've seen in training camp, the first preseason game, suggest Jordan Addison is, A, going to be the starter week one for the Vikings and walk right into that, that Thielen role. But unlike Thielen, he should be able to get separation and downfield ability – uh, opposite Justin Jefferson. He'll face nothing but single coverage all season. It's a great spot for Jordan Addison, too. So, so of course, we talked about Christian McCaffrey, right? And you mentioned that, you know, in two of the last three years, he's really hurt fantasy owners. Elsewhere at the running back position, who are some of the names that you like where if you have a, you know, second or third round pick late, you, you might consider taking? 
Damian Pierce, baby. Listen, he's <laughs> people have got this so wrong. Damian Pierce, if you told me that I had to pick one guy who's not going anywhere near the first round this year, that's going to be a first rounder next year, it's Damian Pierce. Everybody thinks that the guy we saw last year is the guy we're going to get this year. That ain't the case. First, nobody was watching Texans football, but I was. And Damian Pierce was running hard. Top 10 PFF rushing grade last year. And here's the real distinction. This new offensive staff came, has got 49ers blood running through it. This coaching staff does. They're going to throw to Damian Pierce just like they did in college where he was catching 20-yard downfield seam routes. Damian Pierce can catch. They've been throwing to him all minicamp, offseason, OTAs, and now training camp. He's quietly sitting like a 50-catch season. And just because Houston's offense was so inept last year, and it's going to be better this year, only had the five touchdowns last year, and that's really tainted people's view of his touchdown upside. That guy's got 10 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns written in, on, in him in a much better offense this year. Damian Pierce is the guy to get at the end of the second round, beginning of third round. Charge, there's a lot of talk, obviously, about B. John Robinson. He's the favorite to win Rookie of the Year, and look, rightfully so. I mean, you saw him get five yards a carry on four carries in their preseason game. Like, he could be an absolutely dominant running back, lead the league in rushing yeah. this year. But I'm really excited to see what Jameer Gibbs looks like in that Lions offense. He's plus 750 to win Rookie of the Year. I mean, he's going to go out and catch passes. He almost reminds me of, like, it's like Reggie Bush early in his career, except maybe a better runner than Reggie Bush even was, maybe built more for that. How should people approach him in terms of, especially if you're in a PPR league, and the ability for him to go out and catch passes, but also still be a running back that's going to get a decent amount of carries, though I am a little concerned about maybe some of the goal line situations and what he is there. Yeah, I think, I, Nick, I think you hit right on the concern with Jameer Gibbs is we know what this this offensive coaching staff wants to do at the goal line. They're going to they're gonna hand the ball to David Montgomery, who inherits, yeah. by the way, 33 rushes from inside the five last year by this coaching staff. It's an insane number. And Jameer Gibbs not getting any of those. So that's the worry is that Jameer Gibbs could be sitting on, I got five, six touchdown season because he's got to score from distance. He's got to score on receptions, but he's going to help you all the other ways. He's going to get plenty of rushes. And as you mentioned, the reception total should be really good. 50, 60 receptions this year for Jameer Gibbs. He's my number 16 running back. And in PPR leagues, you could probably bump them up a couple of spots. Just got to worry about the touchdowns that I don't think are coming. And But even so, very safe week-in and week-out performer because of the receptions helping out your fantasy team. So, Charge, a bit of a, two, a two-parter here. I, I want to talk about defense because defense matters in fantasy, right? I've been really passionate about the New Orleans Saints because New Orleans Saints' schedule is an utter cakewalk. They play no good quarterbacks, so... I want to know where they fall in your defensive rankings, and then where should you know fantasy players start drafting defenses? Well, I mean, it depends a little bit on your scoring system. If you're like most leagues, the distinction between a high-scoring defense and a low-scoring defense isn't that high, and that's why mm-hmm. kickers who also don't really end up getting a lot of uh, delta between good kickers and bad kickers – you know, we're still talking about the very end of your draft, uh, $1, $2 auction values typically. Saints are a good defense, though, and I like where your head is on this. I mean, you like, you know, Jordan Cameron, of course, is probably headed to the Hall of Fame. This is a good, the back end of that secondary is really good. Lattimore, they brought in uh, uh, Bradley Roby. They've got, uh, uh, you know, Honey Badgers back there. There's some talent on this defense, and I love that you're looking at opposing quarterbacks because that's the first thing I look at when I'm playing DFS every week and I'm setting, trying to set lineups is 
which opposing quarterback is going to make mistakes, who's going to absorb sacks, and who's going to throw interceptions. And I like your analysis on on the Saints. My number eleven, uh, my number eleven defense this year. George, what about uh, rookie quarterbacks this year? Obviously, DFS it'll be a little different. You can kind of go matchup by matchup. Watch, you know, Anthony Richardson and see what he looks like in that offense as the season goes on. But for people that are in, you know, year long leagues with the same team. Is it worth taking a flyer maybe in the late rounds on any one of these quarterbacks? And if somebody does, which one do you recommend being the one that somebody takes a little, uh, I guess, a little try on? And now are we talking pure rookies, or can I just go a little bit off the board and talk about my guy Sam Howell for a minute here? Oh, if you're, listen, if you're going to oh, say nice things about my guy Sam, Sam Howell, Howell then I'm all in. Let's go. Let's hear that. <laughs> I'm in, baby. Sam Howell, going off the board at quarterback 27 right now. He's my number 14-ranked quarterback. This is exactly the guy that you want to you want to put on your roster as your second quarterback. He's, going, he's round 14. You go get Sam Howell as your second quarterback. Here's why. He's got all the traits to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. He's a good rushing quarterback. Now, he's not Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, but he's in that second tier of a Daniel Jones-style guy who's going to get to 30, 40, 50 rushing yards in any given game. He's going to run in some touchdowns as well. But then also what I love about Sam, he's got the big arm. And we saw in week 18 of last year, they were just letting the kid unzip passes downfield to Jahan Dotson, and I love it. <laughs> Why not do the same thing here? Bring in Eric Bieniemy. He knows what to do with a strong arm, mobile quarterback. He's going to scheme him in rolling pockets. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's going to scheme him in rolling pockets like they did with Patrick Mahomes to give him some space, give him some running opportunities, and buy some time for his receivers to get open downfield. I love Jahan Dotson as a sleeper. Sam Howell's my biggest quarterback sleeper. I'm banking on him everywhere as my second quarterback. And let's see what happens with this kid because all the traits for fantasy points are there. The rushing, the big arm. All right, got a little less than a minute here. You like Jahan Dotson. What about Terry McLaurin? You think this is going to be a bigger season for him too? Thousand-yard season Jahan, at least? Jahan Dotson's going to outscore Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin's a very good Ooh. receiver. He's a B-plus receiver in this league. But you know what? He do, It doesn't translate into fantasy points because he turns six catches into 65 yards and like a quarter of a touchdown a game. That's not good enough. Jahan Dotson has got the downfield ability that you see in almost all the big star wide receivers that consistently score. you got to have some of that. Terry McLaurin doesn't have that in his DNA. It's just not who he is. Jahan Dotson does. And if you think Sam Howell can get the ball downfield, that's the guy I want. Jahan Dotson right now, my wide receiver 33 in my rankings. Man, you're making me feel good about my commanders right now. I'll tell you what. Getting me all hyped up. New owner. You know, it's fresh start. Feels good. Paul Charchi and guillotineleagues.com. Great to talk to you, man. I know this is a busy time of year. Thank you, my friends. Let's do it again. Oh, Charchi is the best. And you know what, Denton? He's sitting there saying nice things about the commanders. It's a whole new world I mean, we we're lo- living we in now. We love it for it? that. <laughs> love it. Jahan Dodson didn't drop a single pass in college. You know, I mean, listen, that was uh, that was a loaded wide receiver class. I mean, that group was just talent after talent after talent. Oh, Denton Day, Nick Ashew, it's Ben MGM tonight.